And welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex. And with me today, I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Um, yeah, I'm pretty good, especially after the this morning. So yeah. um, keen to get into it. Fantastic result this morning. Um, we'll start with the Middlesbrough game, which was slightly disappointing in the sense that we got a draw when we were expecting to perhaps come away with a win um, against a side in the bottom three. Uh, Bowen with two goals, which was fantastic to see, but um, only taking away one point was slightly disappointing. How did you find that game? Um, yeah, it was it, it was disappointing um, overall to, to have only come away with a point, but if you watched, like if, if you, I guess after, after that first half an hour or so, you probably would be happy to have ended up with a point. Um, you know, Middlesbrough seemed to be all over us to start the game and had had it over us. And if I, I suspect if um, uh, Johnson hadn't got himself sent off, uh, you know, you know, it could have been a very different game. Um, I mean, it was a <laughs> hell of a tackle that he <laughs> attempted. It, it was amazing. The fact that he, um, he challenged the sending off after he'd been branched the red card, considering the fact that, as you say, like, you know, it was such a high tackle. It was such a clear red card um to sort of to, to challenge that 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 challenge in that sense um it was pretty ridiculous yeah i think like i mean don't need to talk too much about the tackle itself but you sort of you start like putting in all those different factors that the rest take into consideration you go okay studs are up mm. additionally their heart that that um leading boot was quite high i think it hit um lehigh in the knee um you know, you talk. It's it's directly at the player. There's no angle or anything where you could, you know, maybe it was unlucky to to have made contact. Like he's dead on with the player. Um, he was not actually in a position where he's really ever going to win that ball. Like yeah. it was just, it was reckless and dangerous. Um, and I'd probably be surprised if he gets the minimum um sanction for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it was great to see that we responded in that second half and we were actually able to come back and get the draw. Um, I think Bowen's first goal's now been credited credited to Eves, which is, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but it was a great strike from Bowen regardless. Um, great to see that he's in such fantastic form, um, particularly from that game against Middlesbrough, that he was able to get those two goals, get us back into that game that... Um, we'll talk about the Preston game in a second, but um, he's really sort of that player that is dragging us across the line, getting us those results in those games where we would otherwise um, perhaps be struggling to get a result. Um, yeah, I think we have, I guess over the last couple of seasons, been lucky enough to watch him really blossom into a into a, not only from from a fledgling player into a solid player, but now he's moving from, you know, to that next level, from being a solid player to being a legitimate, you know, match winner, um, performing at a very high level consistently. And, I mean, luckily enough at the moment, you know, we're in a very strong position um, leading into the second half of the season. But um, if, you know, God forbid, we 
do not get promoted this year, I suspect that um, the there'll be a few clubs up in the Premier League who will be come calling. I mean, we've already had a couple of overtures from a few and some rumours about um, January swoops and things. But I guess like from the line that we saw hopefully at the beginning of the year that, that the Alums took and the stance they took in regard to some of those our, our better players that hopefully they can maintain that um, that that stance you know and and we'll keep our players retain them for the for the second half of the year because that's going to give us you know the best position to 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 get back in the Premier League but I've been thinking about you know because it was a how for whatever reason we seem to do we seem to be a club that seems to perform really well when we have all these these international breaks it seems to be every year we there's international breaks and some some teams are you know they they lose that consistency they lose their um their form but we seem to just in these little little pockets between these um, international breaks seem to be able to function really well um and we're about the same time now as we were last year where then we went on that um big run and again we're starting to pick up build some form heading into this christmas and festive period which is always a really hard time to um you know, and if we can pick up a few more, some, some crucial wins, um, you know, we're we're so close to that top six at the moment. Um, if we can get ourselves in there, you know, with a couple of wins in our next few games um, and be there at Christmas time, I think we're going to put ourselves in a beautiful position um, heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, as you say, um, and it's actually a good point to transition into that Preston game, um, the fantastic 4-0 win this morning has really put us in a fantastic position where I think we're six points off third, which is Fulham. Um, it, it's quite remarkable to consider the fact that at the start of the season, I, I suspect the aim was basically just to survive, to stay up. Um, that we can now look up at the table, look at those top six positions, look at even third, really, and say, well, look, you know, our, uh, our next two games are against Barnsley and Stoke. Theoretically, six points there for the taking, and to be only six points behind third um, is a pretty remarkable position to be in. Um, where are your ambitions at for the season? Where are you seeing us, uh, you know, is it a target of, look, you know, top half is achievable and 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 um, sort of what we should be aiming for. Is it a, you know, top six position? Is what we should be aiming for anything less is disappointing? Is it, look, really top two is what we should be aiming for and top six is sort of a, um, um, you know, um, position that, you know, if we can't make the top two, then top six will be acceptable? Um, I think, look, I think I'd probably, if we, if we made top six... Um, it, it's a you can't not count that as a successful yeah. season. Um, I think there's there's absolutely a potent like the possibility that you know if we could maintain a, a run of form similar to last season that we could be pushing um, oh, for absolutely. those you know automatic spots. But um, I think we are. Yeah, I mean, um, it's crazy to think. I mean, at, last last season, um, our run started so much later than it did this this season that mm. we came so close to those playoff spots before. I think it was that draw with um, Villa, where that sort of really derailed the season. But um, as you know, we've started that run so much earlier this season that 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 push for a playoff spot so much more likely. 
Yeah, and that, that's what I was just actually just about to say was yeah. that like last year we went from around around this time we were still down in that sort of 18th, 19th, 20th sort of position and just sort of starting to build you know build some build some um, moves in the right direction and it wasn't until late in the season that we were right on the cusp of that top six. Well, we're here midway through the season and it, well we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet um, and we're you know, uh, we are well, five or five points off the top six or something like that. Mm. Um, uh, was it four points? Four points off Swansea in sixth. Um, so I think um, I think um, the squad that McCann has assembled and the way that they're playing, um, they probably have, it's probably surprised me a little bit in how well they have come along. I thought, I could see what he was trying to do and I could see that it would be successful in the future. I just didn't know how that I was surprised with how quickly that that um, has all come together. Um, I guess I'm probably overall, I get a bit disappointed um, in ease. I thought, I thought by now he'd have had a few more goals um, and McGinnis seems to be able to get some goals but he, I just still, I feel like he's just another. He's an, he's a, he's an, he's one bad tackle again away from sitting out for six or eight weeks next time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just no, he absolutely. just has me worried. Yeah, I mean, you you have to give him the credit for it was a great penalty this morning. Um, put it away very well against Preston. Um, but I think there was a tackle. I think it was in the first half from McGinnis where. I think it was just a free kick. It wasn't a yellow card or anything like that. But you look at it and you kind of go, ah, well, you know, it, you know, if you'd gone in a bit more solidly, that then raises the question for the ref. And he does seem that sort of player where, as you say, he's he's a tackle away from a lengthy suspension at this point because he's now had two straight red cards. Um, he's a concerning factor for the side. Um Eves as well, I agree. I mean, he, he's been a concerning factor in the sense that we it was a fantastic win this morning against Preston, 4-0, can't be argued with. But the fact that Eves then came on in the second half and wasn't able to add to the score, I think he had a great chance, but he just pushed it a little bit wide. Um, he, he He's one of those players where you kind of, you really want him to succeed. He's a really... Um, charismatic player. He's a really fantastic sort of player where you think he's probably a fantastic guy to have around the training ground. He just can't put the ball in the net. And um, for a striker, that's really what you want to see. And look, it's fantastic that Bowen and Grzycki are sort of continuing with their form. Gr- uh, you know, Grzycki's put one away, which sort of banished a few demons. He's had a few games where he hasn't scored a goal. Bowen, I mean, Bowen's now got four goals in two games, which is a ridiculous form for a um, for a winger. Yeah, um, and he's tw- twelve in eighteen for the season. Twelve in eighteen. I mean, it's, it's it's just fantastic. I think there's a few debates. I think it's still undecided whether that first goal against Middlesbrough was Bowen's goal or Eves's goal. Uh, I think um, the BBC is now credited credited it as Eves's goal. So Eves now is on three for the season, but Bowen obviously with the two this morning does push him to 50 goals in all competitions for the club, um, which is a ridiculous ridiculous return as a winger. It, 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 it's just remarkable that he has that many goals um, from a wide position. But 
it, it leaves us sort of thinking, look, we've got Bowen on one wing, Grisicki on another, but we've got no one up front who is really returning any significant goals for the club. Um, and it leaves the question open for what do we do in January? Do we do we make a move for a striker in January? Um, I think um, I think it would be hard to probably to not to make if there was if there if there was someone available. Um, I'd I'd say that we should, we probably probably will. Um, we don't tend to do a lot of business in January, but we seem to always do something. Um, and I'd say that at the moment you know uh seems to be our biggest downfall is is that number nine you know that that striker who's who's able to actually you know bang in the goals and it, you know we had campbell who was able to get well, what he got about 10 or 11 or something last yeah. season um you know and that's what you you need that 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 number nine to be getting double figures as well to just take that little bit of pressure off i mean bowen seems to be thriving with that pressure on his shoulders at the moment but um but again, like we're all sort of one, you know, one bad tackle on Bowen away from um, maybe potentially being without a goals without goals for being forthcoming. Oh, hundred um, percent. I mean, there was there was an incident in I think it was the first half of today's game where um, Bowen slid in for a challenge, and I think it was Burnsy who um, who sort of raised the comment that it was very concerning because he sort of slid in for the challenge and looked a bit proppy afterwards. And thankfully, he was okay afterwards. But, um, you know, you, you sort of think, and, and it's that fear in the back of the mind, as you say, that one challenge or one tackle or, you know, a, a misstep, that if Bowen were to pick up a serious injury, we're really left with not, not many goal-scoring options. And... You know, credit to to McGann that the formation today really worked quite well with um, Grzycki on the left and Bauer on the right, with Bowen almost in a free roll through the centre. But Bowen really is is sort of our our um, most prolific goal scoring option. And if he were to pick up an injury, it, it really doesn't leave us with a whole lot of options um, on the park. Um, no, it is that's that's a little bit concerning. But I think overall um, to Go to go uh, to have to have Preston um, at the KCOM and to come away with a four 0 win um, mm. uh, seemed like it was a fairly comprehensive um, victory um, that you know it's it's it puts in a good platform you know leading into the weekend and the coming games. Yeah. So what what do you make of that game overall? I mean, Preston coming into that game before this game week started, they were coming in third on the table. They slipped to fourth after I think it was Fulham who got the victory on uh, Wednesday morning our time. Um, but coming into the Thursday morning, I think Preston were fourth on the table. To come away with a four 0 win, what sort of statement do you think that makes for the competition and 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 for our confidence to come away with a four 0 win against a team that was in the playoffs, I, I think we've basically got the best record against the top six in the entire championship. Um, and then with, you know, Barnsley coming up on the weekend, it surely fills us, fills us with a lot of confidence about our potential and where we could end up this season. Yeah, I think um, anytime you put four goals past another team, it's always a statement or, or a marker of some kind. Um, and it's always even... Uh, Better when it's against you know one of the top top teams in the division. Uh, one thing I think when I was watching the highlights of the Preston game, um, 
I was on the on Preston's YouTube actually, and their uh, caller um, s- said that I think the BBC had said um, somewhere recently that that we are the best counterattacking, mm. or we have the best counterattack or the best counterattacking team in in the championship or whatever. Um, I can't remember whether it's just championship or in England, but um, you know. It's, that's a pretty pretty serious rap um, for yeah. a team that you know can't, was top half, but not in the top ten coming into the weekend, uh, into the game sort of thing. Like you just um, and now we're we're sort of four points off. We've got heaps of plenty of plenty of football left to play this season. I think we're um, I think we needed to actually push away from that. Once it got to one or two goals this morning, I thought, oh, let's just let's just keep going. We've got heaps of time, and they did. They got a couple more, so I think. Um, we've put ourselves in a really good position. We're going to be high on confidence, um, especially after you know knocking off a team that has is is knocking on the door of those automatic promotion spots at themselves. Um, <clears throat> I see. I'd be I'd be disappointed if, um, as you say, with Barnsley and Stoke, if there are next games, then um, be disappointed not to take six points from them. And then you know, in two games' time, I expect we'd be. We should probably be just inside maybe in sixth um depending on results but you know we're going to be right on the cusp either way if we if we can get those points so before we move on to discussing the Bunsley game in a bit more detail i'll give you a trivia question which we'll come back to answer um after after talking about Barnsley. um i want to know and our listeners can try and have a think about this as well who our top five scorers for the decade are. Um, obviously, we've sort of talked about Bowen hitting 50 goals this morning, um, so he's obviously first on that list. But there's four other players, um, which which I'll, I'll see if you can think of who they are. I mean, a couple of those you might know as an obvious answer, but a couple of those are actually quite surprising. So um, I'll see if you can think of those in a bit. But we'll move on and first talk about the Barnsley game coming up, which... Look, I, I think looking at the, the Middlesbrough game, I think the Middlesbrough game perfectly emphasises why this Barnsley game can't be taken for granted. I, I look at the Barnsley game and I think, look, yes, it should be three points. It's that you know team coming last on the table, really struggling for form. Um, they've just lost to Middlesbrough this morning, in fact. But um, as, a, as a whole City supporter, you can never really take a game for granted. Um, you know, case in point, perfectly being the Middlesbrough game just last weekend, where we we drew the game. Um, the Middlesbrough, the, the the Barnsley game coming up. I, I really think if if we can take the three points, um, it really should give us a bit of a gap to the bottom half of the table and really give us a chance at pushing into that top six of the division. Um, but it's you know, look, it's always concerning um, a team down on confidence, down on luck. Um, you never really know how we're going to perform, whether the side's going to be a bit complacent, um, uh, uh, you know, how it's going to perform. So, so to, how do you see this game coming up and, and how, how do you see us performing? Um, look, I think I don't, I'm not going to say that we're going to do it comfortably, um, but I can, I, th- I feel confident enough and I feel like the players are going to be confident enough and I think McCann, I think we've already had a couple of banana skin moments this season and I think McCann will be, um, will have them, you know, primed and ready to go and not taking the game for granted and not, and not worrying about the, about Barnsley's position on the table, just, you know, reinforcing the fact that, you know, the, these 
comp- these competitions, these leagues in England are, you know, the, the toughest leagues, you know, around the most even leagues around. So I think, um, I, I think they'll be they'll be up for it. I don't feel like they're going to take anything for granted, and I'm just I mean I'm feeling pretty confident about um, that we might go on a on a little run um, of form similar to um, to what we did last year, getting that sort of vibe. To be honest, it was interesting that preseason Malik Wilkes um, had a choice between us and Barnsley, supposedly reportedly according to the papers, uh, and ended up choosing Barnsley, um, a winger who theoretically would have replaced either Bowen or Grzycki in the side. Do you think there's any sort of um, grudge or um, uh, extra motivation to beat Barnsley because of the fact that a player chose to go to Barnsley over us? Or do you sort of think it's just sort of... You know the way it is. Players choose to go where they go, where where they choose to go, and and we'll just kind of carry on as it is. Look, I think I, I would expect that um, the the club as a whole and the players individually would would un, would would understand that you know every player's got to make you know a decision based on what's what they feel is the best choice for them. And I feel like in a in in a career with in in a career in football, you only get so many choices. Um, and if people are going to, I really don't feel like there's much need to hold a grudge mm-hmm. over transfer activity. Um, even like in regards to like, you're talking about derbies and stuff like that and, and moving to rivals. I, it really doesn't, I see people get really upset about it. And, but I just think, you know, that it, for what there must there's got to be a reason that that appealed to that to that player and it's not necessarily a, it's never really I don't think it often is a slight supposed to be a slight on the club it's not that you know Hull City wasn't an attractive proposition it's just that Barnsley offered something that appealed more to to Wilkes so I feel like I don't I don't personally think there should be any hard feelings there or no grudge about that decision um because I think they're the sort of pitfalls that you'll find, like that are going to you get sucked into, you know, making poor decisions in the game and and worrying about these small things that have no impact really on on how the game should play out. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do you have a score prediction for this one coming up? I'm, personally, I think looking at this game, I mean, it's an away fixture. Barnsley haven't picked up a whole lot of points in the league. I really think it should be sort of a 2-0, 3-0 sort of um, comprehensive victory. How do you see it? Um, for whatever reason, I'm feeling a 2-1 two, a two victory. Mm. Um, I've just... I don't know, just... Um, with watching, I watched the highlights the last couple of games and the goals that Long has been conceded, he seems to have been... Uh, caught out of position a little bit on a couple of them and I think Preston hit the post twice this yeah, morning um, and 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 Long was a uh, was a fair way away from actually those from from those balls when they hit the post so uh, it's got me a little bit um cons- a little bit concerned but I think overall they're, they're defending pretty well and I, I can't see them conceding a heap of goals but I think there might be one there for Barnsley fair enough um well, before we go into our trivia answer, we'll, we'll look back at our football, football flashback of the week, um, which was a pretty significant fixture um, five years ago, or uh, six years ago, in fact, I think. Um, six years ago, 
pretty much to the day. I think it's for this coming weekend. Um, defeating Liverpool 3-1 at home in the Premier League was personally my first uh, victory in person watching City. His uh, first goals scored by City. Um, and our first ever win over Liverpool in a competitive fixture. Um, it, it, it's funny, actually, looking back on that season as a whole, um, uh, City winning the title, I think it was, this that season, and Liverpool not winning the title. Uh, Liverpool losing this fixture to City. I think Liverpool losing to City was in fact their worst defeat of the season when you look at where every side finished that season. So um, in some cases you could argue that perhaps that loss cost them the title. You look at the you know the Chelsea slip, the Crystal Palace draw, there's other fixtures that people sort of fixate on as costing Liverpool the title. But we of course finished lowest of those sides so you can kind of say maybe we were the defeat that cost Liverpool the title. Um, it was, it was a fantastic win for us under Bruce. It was, I think, Bruce's first win against Liverpool as a manager. Um, Livermore scored the opening goal. Um, it was Myler who scored the goal to put us ahead after Gerrard's equaliser. And then Huddleston had a shot that was eventually credited as a Skirtle own goal, I think it was, um, which didn't give him the chance to cut his hair after that fixture. I think it was later the Fulham fixture that did that. Um, but it was a fantastic 3-1 win. Um, first season up in the Premier League under Bruce. How did you find that fixture? What what, what are your memories of that fixture? Um, I was just looking, looking at this now and I go, oh, that's just after I actually started taking a real interest <laughs> in City. And that's the, the season that I started actually following them properly. Um, and then trying to think back specifically to this game. I don't, it might be one that I didn't... don't know if I... Maybe I didn't watch it. I can't remember. I don't actually remember a lot about this game, which is disappointing. When you you said Liverpool, when we beat Liverpool, I thought of a, um, only a couple of years ago. Um, but no, we we we've uh, really got a, a since that game that really, you know, that put a marker down for how performances against Liverpool at home because it was that game. Then there was the uh, the one nil win where Dawson scored the the winner uh, the following season. And then it was under Silver, I think, where where we got a two 0 win when the ass yes. and Renokia scored. So we we, we we really sort of set a marker for um, home performances against Liverpool from that game. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm sorry. I'm just reading through a <laughs> like a, a review of that game, and and it's and just the things. The it's just after the attempt to rebrand City yeah, to hold really. Tigers, it was a couple of weeks. and yeah. the came had claimed that um, fan, anyone who opposed it could die as soon as yeah, they wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, this seems like it's really the start at the start of all of our, our lovely problems that we've had with <laughs> the um, with the Allens over that over this time. But um, I bet I just I'm just looking at some of the names that are involved, and you, and you, you know you're talking about Luis Suarez and and mm. Sterling and and Victor Moses. What, what um, I find most amazing about that game is everyone looks back on Suarez's career at Liverpool was such a fantastic game. I remember that game because I remember travelling up on um, a train to Hull, and everyone sort of saying I think Sturridge was injured for that game, so they put. Um, so I think Flanagan was starting at right back and he was sort of seen as an, 
uh, as a nobody. I think Sterling started that game, and he was also at that stage not a huge player for Liverpool, and he was sort of poo-pooed by Liverpool supporters. But Suarez, Suarez starting up top was, you know, he was such a fantastic player for Liverpool. And, and you look at what he, he accomplished with Liverpool and what he went on to accomplish and still is accomplishing with Barcelona. And you look at the performance that Alex Bruce put in. And Alex Bruce is sort of seen as this such a, um, a layman's or a workman-like defender. Um, I mean, sort of... Uh, I, I have to compare it in a sense to the old Sydney Swan side where you had your Leo Barrys and so on, where everyone sort of looks at them and says, oh, look, they're such a layman, they're such a such a nobody who who is such a, an average player who can't do a whole lot more than, um, than you know, just just start a game and, and be expected to maybe do a little bit. But, but Alex Bruce was absolutely vital in kicking and hitting Suarez out of that game where, you know, I, I, I've watched that game a couple of times now and you watch, there's a couple of tackles where Alex Bruce just completely clobbers Suarez and, you know, clean tackles, fantastic tackles that, you know, are by the book, but just completely put Suarez out of the game. And um, the only goal that Liverpool scored was a Suarez, uh, was a Gerrard free kick from a, it was a, Curtis Davies um, foul on, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was a very fortunate sort of free kick that they scored from. And, and we all sort of know McGregor's, you know, iffy, iffy defending from set pieces. But by and large in that game, we were just fantastic defensively. When you look at the players that Liverpool had in attack in that game, it was just a fantastic defensive effort. And, and then to score three goals. Yeah, I think um, like what you said about Alex Bruce, like I think that just really highlights how funny football can be. Yeah. I mean, even you look at um, like uh, just with the Champions League and things that have been happening, and you look at um, like um, Australia's um, Milos Dejanek at yeah. Red Star Belgrade, and they have been they perform really well in the Champions League. Um, and they probably realistically don't have a right to perform as well there at the, as as well as they do. Um, and just like I don't know, fo- football is just a funny game, and sometimes those those players um, that a club will just hold on to, and you go, why do we still have like a guy like like why is there a guy like this here? Like we could have so many better you know defenders or or attackers or wingers or whatever. Um, but I guess, like you know, that's and then they build, they slowly build a cult, a cult following. Um, it's a, it's a crazy thing because he's done. He had a few. Um, it wasn't just that game. There's a couple of other games where he he came in and did just an immense, an immense job without ever being um, able to force himself into a regular starting position. But whenever he came in, he was always able to um to do a job. I don't really remember many games where you go, oh God, Alex, like. Why is he here? He and, always seemed to perform. And I think the most unfortunate thing for Bruce was his last name. Um, I think when you look at the performances that he put in, he was one of our best defenders. And if his last name was Smith, you know, pun not, ex- pun not intended with your last name, but, it, you know, if his last name was Smith, I think the perception of him would be so much higher than it was. But the fact that he was the manager's son, I think really, really meant that people looked at him so much more critically than they should have. Um, I think he was an absolutely fantastic player for City. And really, when we were relegated after that uh, following season, um, I really think 
you know, well, he, he, he was still sort of in and out of the side um, from memory. But um, I don't think he should have been released when he was. I think he, he's one of those players when I look at City sides over the last 10 years or so, and, and you think players that were like, oh, so for instance, Rosinia. Rosinia is another one who's a perfect example where you look at them and you say, well, they were such fantastic servants for the club and you could just tell that they just bled amber and black and they really loved the club and they were such fantastic players for the club when they were selected um, that you really feel it was so unfortunate when they were let go because they they had so much to give and I think the value that they added to the side was not equal to either the transfer fees in particular cases. So, for instance, Chester going to, I think it was Norwich at the, si- at the time, or maybe it was West Brom. I think it was West Brom. Um, it was, you know, transfer fees were not equal to the actual value that they gave to the side in terms of the blood, sweat and tears that they contributed. Um, that when they were let go, we weren't able to replace them with equal sort of players. Um, and particularly in Bruce's case, he was a free transfer, so you know, I, I guess theoretically he was replaced by um, uh, Chelsea player whose whose name's escaped me. Who's now at Sheffield Wednesday? Um, I will look that up whilst you respond. Um, mind blank. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think in terms of um, players, you know, uh, being let go. I mean, we've gone on a bit of a tangent here, but um, uh, in terms of yeah, I think it, I I feel like in the modern day, unless like the player a player is absolutely rubbish and they offer nothing to your team, letting them go on a free transfer seems like such a like a, a absolutely critical like a poor, really poor decision making. You just like it's just letting, like, because we a football club's a business, and the players the assets, and you're letting assets walk out the door right? yeah. for, for for nothing. It seems really weird, particularly when, you know, you look at, you know, I mean, the the I guess the the alternative is it might backfire, like uh, what it looks like is going to happen with Henriksen, where you just go, oh, we'll we'll give you a one year, we'll activate your one year extension, we'll sell you next year. Um, to try and recoup some money and then not sell them. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. And I think, but I think you're right in terms of the uh, letting some of those those players go those, and like big figures within the club, um, let, letting them go and then not being able to adequately replace um, whether Hector, it is. By the way, is the player. Uh, Hector, yeah. Yes. He's been around a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> been been in a few clubs um yeah and not being able to replace them with with the same whether it's personality or whether it's experience or or whatever it is but yeah i think um i guess it's true of of all transfer um wheelings and dealings that letting someone go and and bringing in a replacement you're trying to you know to keep things as stable as possible but there's always something that is lost um lost and, and gained i suppose in the, in the process um due to you know everyone's individuality but um yeah yeah no fair enough um before i get a score prediction from you for the barnsley game do you have a guesstimate or a uh, a um 
an idea for who potentially could be our top five goal scorers for this decade? And if not, I will give you the answer. Um, I'm going to hazard a guess. Uh, is Jared Bowen on the list? Well, look, I think um, that's, a, that's a shocking guess. But yes, he is, in fact, top of the list with... Um, you know, jury is still out, but we'll say 50, uh, 50 goals in all competitions for the club. Well, I think right. with one of the goals against Middlesbrough credited to Tom Eaves is on 50. Yes. Do you have any of the um, others? I would say um, Abel Hernandez would be there because he got, what was it? His first season of the championship, he got like 22 goals or yeah. something, I'm sure. I mean, it's actually, um, so, surpri- it's actually surprising. So he'd be up in, the, he'd have to be around 40 goals or something. Yeah. In fact, he's on 39 goals in all competitions, which in a way sort of surprises me that he's only, what's that, 11 goals behind Bowen. When you think the fact that Bowen's had three really prolific seasons for City, mm. And Hernandez, as you say, he had that one really fantastic season in the championship. But other than that, he had that, you know, I think he got six or seven goals in his first season in the Premier League. And then maybe he got, you know, four or five in his second season in the Premier League. Um, He had that season where he was really injured for us under um, Slutskin and Adkins. But then I think he he went kind of nuts at the end of the season. So, yes, he he did end up with um, 39 goals for us in all competitions. Do you have any ideas for the other three? I'm pretty. I'm pretty well lost. I'm just. I was just trying to think. I was like, I feel like at least one of these players, these last players, has to be someone who was there for a long. Mm. I feel like there's someone who's there who was there for a long time. And so I'm thinking about guys like like Myler and those sorts of guys mm. who were at the club okay. for a very yep. long time. But I can't decide on which ones I want to go. I mean, I'll, I'll say David Myler. Um, you know I, what? I feel like he didn't score a lot of goals, but he was there for ages. And so even if he only scored one, like two or three goals each year, he probably ends up with 15 or 20 yeah, goals. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's actually really funny because um, taking taking away goals in other competitions in league goals, David Myler is actually in our top five, which is absolutely ridiculous when you consider the fact that he's a, <laughs> I guess, essentially a defensive midfielder, a box-to-box midfielder. Um, he scored 19 goals for us um, in all competitions, which doesn't quite make the top five. Um, I think he's sixth on the list, but um, it's a it's a fantastic return for him. And, and, and as you say, it sort of highlights the fact that he was his longevity um, was really key in that. But you know, it was it was that first season with us, and then it well, really first two seasons with us in that championship season, and then even in the Premier League, he. <laughs> He scored some really vital goals for us, but but no, doesn't quite make the top five. Um, I'll, I'll give you a hint then. I'll give you a hint. One of the other three players is still with us, and the other two players had a very vital role in in, in, in well, sorry, one one of the other players had a vital role in our promotion season in twelve thirteen, and then the other had a mm, um, you know. Well, I'll say vital role in 12-13 and 13-14. He scored some pretty key goals in 13-14 as well. Um, oh, man. Someone who's still with us. So someone, someone who's still with us. Just think think of players who are still with us who, who could potentially have been quite prolific over the last few seasons. Um, who is potentially royalty. 
Oh man, you are doing. I, <laughs> I should, I should be way better at these sort of <laughs> things, but I cannot. So it is King Camille Grzycki, who has mm. twenty-two goals in all, um, in all competitions for us. Is actually fifth on the list, and then there are two other players. Um, one player who was with us since twenty ten, so a little bit before your time, but then was actually. Um, a captain for us in our first Premier League season, if that gives you any indication of who it might be. Scored a couple of goals in that famous 6-0 win over Fulham. Played for a season in Australia. Why? Oh, um... Played for Melbourne City. Hmm... Oh, my name of my brain. So it, it, it's Robert Curran. Robert Curran had. Oh, yep. Had he's 20... mine. He's his name crossed my mind earlier, and I was like, I because I knew he done he'd been with us, and he was, um, had done some really good stuff at the st- like earlier in his city career. So he's one. <laughs> he's one of those players that he was just. So he was with us from 2010, um, all through. 2010, 2011, 2012, through the promotion up into the Premier League, um, was fantastic. Scored 29 goals for us, um, and then obviously was released and went to to Australia. Played a great season with Melbourne City. Um, had a couple of injuries, but still, you know, performed quite well. Um, the final player on the list scored 31 goals for us. Um, was recruited from Leicester City. Um, I guess in that 12-13 season in the Premier League, sorry, 13-14 season in the Premier League was more of a cup player. Um, I'll give you one final chance to think of who it might be, but otherwise I can let you know. Recruit from Leicester. And as soon as you say the name, I'm going to go, oh yeah, of course. Um, uh, No, I can't. I just can't think. So it was was Matty Fryatt? See, and that was another name that went yeah. through my mind when I was trying to think of it. And then I was like, how am I? I was like, he didn't, I swear he didn't play that much football That's the though. Thing, but right? then... it's, it's remarkable to think. So, so before, um, so I guess, you know, you think of your, your Jay Simpsons and so on and, and, um, and, um, McLean, Aaron McLean's and so on. So in that period, I guess, from 2010 to 2013, even under Bruce, we really didn't have that many goal-scoring players. And, and, and mm. Friot, really, I think he came in in the January window in 2011 um, and really was our most prolific player through that promotion season. I mean, in a way, I'm almost surprised that someone like a George Boyd isn't in this list because I think George Boyd came in in uh, Bruce's recruitment drive in that window in January 13, I think it was, to really push us onto the Premier League. Um, but Friat really, I mean, look, he, when he played in the Premier League, when he, he, he scored that incredible goal again against Manchester City, he scored quite a few fantastic goals in the FA Cup. Um, my one in particular that I remember is the goal against Southend to open the scoring, um, a game that I was actually at, which was, um, a fantastic goal and then really set us on our way. He, he then also scored the goal in, in the semi-final against Sheffield Wednesday, that I think I think Sagbo scored the first goal, then Friat put us in the lead, um, which was fantastic. Just after half time, um, he and I think he scored a goal against um, Sunderland as well. So he he's really scored a couple of goals that were really vital um, in in all competitions for us. 
Um, but it, look, it's it's remarkable looking at that list and to think that Bowen at 49 or, or really 50 goals in all competitions is top of that list when he's only played two and a half seasons for us, not even two and a half seasons for us. And and look, I, I guess the purpose of, of this trivia question is to underline just how fantastic Bowen has been that in two and a half seasons, he's ahead of all of those players that are really sort of, you know, legendary figures of the last decade for City. And we're in 2019 now, almost at 2020. It's looking back at this entire decade and Jared Bowen's at the top of the list. You know, you look at Abel Hernandez, who um, really sort of fired us to promotion in that 15-16 season and, and was really sort of our, one of our main goal scorers in our 14-15 um, season and then, you know, under Marco Silva, I mean, he scored those two fantastic goals against Bournemouth in one of Silva's first games. He was he was a really our main striker in that in that season. We had our Yeloviches as well, uh, you know, and and NDIs as well. But Hernandez was there. Friat really under Bruce and previous managers was was sort of our main goal scorer at the start of the decade. You look at Corrin as our sort of main goal scoring midfielder. You look at Grzycki as you know theoretically Grzycki's been in the side longer than Bowen. Um, He was playing in the Premier League under Silver and uh, well really just Silver and then you know Championship under Slutsky and other managers. But um, Grzycki theoretically is no um, no worse than Bowen in terms of appearances and experience and in, in, in a lot of ways really is more experienced than Bowen. Um, but Bowen has just, you know, set the world alight and, and, and it's it's just, you know, you pinch yourself at the fact that Bowen is still a city player and hasn't moved on. Yeah, it's um it's sort of it's something we keep coming back to, um, that I guess we're just um, I'm thankful, I guess. It's weird to, to be thankful um, for the Alums, um, but the, the marker that they laid down at the beginning of the year um, or at the beginning of this season where they said, you know, we want to make a serious push um, for the year. We don't, we're not going to sell off these players um, is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I mean, we're going on a we're going on a ride this year um, and I, I'm I'm still not really sure how far um, we're going to go, which is great. Do you think we can get promoted? As a serious question, when you when you sort of um, set everything down, you look rationally at the table, you look at the squads in this division, you look at our squad, you look at um, what we've achieved over the last couple of years, what what we've sort of achieved so far this season. Do you think we can get promoted? I think um, I don't know if we have. I don't think we'll we'll reach automatic promotion. I no. feel like we're just we're just lacking a little bit, probably in our overall depth, um, particularly in that forward line, which we sort of touched on, um, to really challenge for those top two spots. But I see no reason um, why we can't at least make the playoffs. Um, and once you get to those playoffs, it's sort of um, it's it's anyone's game really. So I think um, I could see us going on. Um, a, 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 earning promotion through through the playoffs um absolutely um but i th- i think there's there's so much football still to be played that it's um it, it's really it's it's almost anyone's um anyone's league at this stage i think i completely agree i i look at the table and i think look we're six points off third i think or, four, or fourth maybe it is um six points off fourth with <coughs> You know, the bottom two teams in the division in our next two games. Um, 
I, I, I think we're, we're every chance of finishing in the promotion in the um, playoff places. Um, whether we could push on to the top two, I think Jared Bowen spoke recently about the fact that look, there's no standout team this this season, um, and that maybe we could finish in the top two places. I think I think games like the Middlesbrough game probably. Um, sort of dampened that enthusiasm for me. I think it sort of highlights the fact that maybe we're not there yet. We're not a automatic team yet, um, but we're certainly a team that could make the playoffs. And I think while we probably don't have it, uh, we, we, we don't have the, um, well, we don't really have any of the players who've experienced playoff football before with us. Um, I think we've got enough players that have that confidence or that ability that on a given day, you know, you look at your, you, you look at your Krizikis, you look at your Bowens, you look at your Irvines even really, and you think, well, on their day, they could really turn it on, perform, and give us a result either at home or away and get us to Wembley. And then who knows what, that <coughs> excuse me, you know, who knows what happens at Wembley. Um, um, and, you know, look, it's going to be, it's going to be very, it, it's a fantastic season. I think it's fantastic in the sense that it's a very open season. Um, there's no sides that really stand out as, um, clearly, you know, you don't have three sides that are clearly going to go up, which I don't think there's many seasons where that's the case. Um, you look at the top two, I think it's Leeds and West Brom at the moment, but even, you know, Leeds, Leeds traditionally drop off second half of the season, so you can't really confidently say that they're, they're going to go up. West Brom last season dropped off a little bit, so you can't confidently say that they're going to go up, but I, th- I think you could probably say one of those two sides will definitely go up in the automatics. Fulham looking strong, but look, you know, if we keep performing the way that they're going, like you look at the fact that, yeah, we beat West, we, we beat Fulham 3-0 away from home, um, we lost 1-0 to, Fulham, uh, to, to West Brom, but that was a very close game. We've got leads coming up. There's there's a couple of fixtures where we could really make an impact. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's sort of we're, we're sort of just saying this, the same stuff again yeah. Uh, um, now. But yeah, absolutely. Um, head, it's it's an ex, it's an exciting time to be a city supporter, um, and I think um, I'm. Looking forward to to the coming games and looking forward to uh, hopefully just continuing to to work our way up that up that table. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're both looking forward to the game against Barnsley this weekend. Um, do you have a score prediction for that one um, before we head off? Um, I didn't. Did we not already do that? I think what I said two one. Two one. Oh, that's yeah. Right. I'm you sure did we did. Too. You did too. I think okay. you said two. You wanted. You said a two or three nil, and I think I said two one because I thought Long had looked a little bit shaky on a couple of those goals. Um, the, the goals at Middlesbrough, and then they hit a couple of shots that hit the post. Um, um yeah. In the morning, this morning. That's, that's that's it. So hopefully we can get the three points against Barnsley. I think if we can, if we can get the three points against Barnsley, I think we can stop looking down the table. I think there's a bit of a um. I think there's a logjam from where we are in ninth down to 17th. There's only about a three-point gap between those sides. Um, I think if we, if we can get those three points against Barnsley, it starts to put a bit of a, bit of a gap between those sides. So, uh, so fingers crossed we can get that result on the weekend. And, uh, and then we can look ahead to next week against Stoke. But thank you for joining me, Dan. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, until next time. Come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. 
For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out